I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas, and we are continuing our studies in 1 Peter, and we are in chapter 1, verses 3 through 12. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 12. We have just recently started our studies in 1 Peter. We know he was writing to Christians who were suffering, and his purpose was to give them hope to endure their earthly difficulties with faith and joy unbroken. Let's read further into chapter 1, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 12. Please accept my apologies for the scratchy voice that I'm using on this video. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 12. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you, in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels long to look. So that's First Peter 1, 3 through 12. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and in the second half of the first century, he wrote this letter to Christians who were suffering. Reading the content of this letter, it appears to me that his purpose was to encourage and instruct Christians for hope and endurance in their earthly difficulties. In a previous class, we talked about Jesus Christ and the fact that Christians love him and serve him, 
though we have not seen him. Verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Verse 9 continues. In the New King James, it says, receiving the end of your salvation, the salvation of your souls. In the English Standard Version, I read from obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Faith, as described by Peter and the other apostles, faith in Christ has an outcome, a reward, a good ending. When suffering because of your faith, it is vital to know your faith is moving toward a glorious ultimate conclusion that your enemies cannot prevent, so long as your faith remains active. In the NIV, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I need to remind us again there are certain connections we're obligated to observe. If we miss them, we do not get the full benefit of the teaching here. Notice in verse 9, the first word, New American Standard, English Standard Version, obtaining. In the New King James, receiving. One translation has the word procuring. Now, if you want to obtain what verse 9 promises. If you desire to receive this outcome, it will be necessary to do what we discovered all the way back in verse 2. Obey Jesus Christ. These blessings brought out by the Apostle Peter and written on this page, this hope is not conferred upon all men universally and without condition. These are the benefits enjoyed by the elect, those who by faith obey Jesus Christ. Peter wants the sojourners in Asia to understand they are not suffering for a lost cause. Those born again have a living hope. Those who live by the activity of faith are kept by the power of God, though tested by fire. There is this good promised outcome, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So we are marching, even though often we are marching in pain, we are marching toward the final goal of our faith, our God-granted place in eternity in heaven. I want you to listen now to verses 10 through 12 concerning this salvation, the salvation just referred to in verse 9. The prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving, not themselves, but you, in the things that have now been announced to you 
through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things which angels long to look. The plan of salvation foreknown by God, revealed by the Holy Spirit, offering the blood of Christ for our redemption, this salvation that has a glorious outcome was the subject of the writings of the prophets. Men like Moses and David and Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Joel, the others, prophesied of the grace that would come to the Christians Peter was writing to and to us. And these men knew as they wrote and spoke about this future salvation that it would be a glorious and supreme expression of God's grace to the lost. So they made careful searches and inquiries. They wanted to know more. They were interested. They were attracted to the things that they prophesied. For example, it says here they searched and inquired carefully inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. Naturally, there would be an attraction to these things, wanting to know more, intense curiosity about the other things that surrounded these events that they prophesied. If you are writing about something or speaking about something that you know is true because it came from God, but it lies in the future and not all the details are revealed, there would be strong, passionate curiosity. And of course, it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you and me in the things that have now been announced to us through the preaching of the gospel that was given by the Holy Spirit. The prophets through whom God issued the promises were not the direct recipients of the things they prophesied. They were not serving themselves, but writing about what would directly be enjoyed by the sojourners in Pontus, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. I want to use an illustration to help us think about the role of the prophets as described here. And my illustration is not perfect, but it may help. If you are working for a catering service as a server, a waiter or waitress, as a general rule, you cannot eat what you serve. You cannot come out of the kitchen with that tray and be eating off of that tray. You're serving up something that is very attractive and appetizing, but you cannot partake. Consider what Peter says about the prophets in verse 12. It was not revealed to them that they were serving themselves. Now, what is the point? The value of the salvation God provides in the gospel of Christ with a glorious outcome. It is worth suffering for. Even if you undergo severe hostility and you are tested by fire, you can endure that suffering as you understand what great value you have 
in regard to the blessings of Christ. The prophets announced these things beforehand, and then from the day of Pentecost on, the Holy Spirit revealed the gospel from heaven, and we have it in this form today. Further, these are things into which angels long to look. Angels who value the things of God are attracted to the blessings of God as predicted by the prophets and revealed by the Holy Spirit in the gospel. What a thought this is, that so many men and women who are free moral agents and could obey the gospel have not the least interest in it. Angels who cannot be baptized into Christ are interested, and they long to look and learn more. I tell you what this is all about, folks. This is all about the rich blessings Christians enjoy as the elect of God who obey Jesus Christ. How do these verses, 9 through 12, define the privilege God grants us? What have we read and studied here that causes us to see again what a privileged people we are? Here's what occurs to me. The prophets wrote about it before it happened, but did not have the full story. They had parts of the story. Moses had a part, and David had a part, Isaiah had a part, but they didn't have the full story, the full picture. We look back to a certain historical event. We have the full story, and we have access to God through Jesus Christ. I don't think this means the prophets and saints of the Old Testament were left out and were not saved. I believe the Bible teaches those with a good heart who obeyed the Lord to the best of their ability enjoyed the value of the atonement of Christ. I think that's taught in Romans 3, 23 to 25 in Hebrews 9, 15. Yet, for those Old Testament prophets, it was a future event, something they did not directly experience, and to some extent a mystery. Verse 12 highlights the privilege we have as people who have heard the gospel and have become Christians by obeying that message. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels long to look into. Taken as a whole, these first 12 verses can help us understand our suffering is not a sign that God has betrayed us or God has abandoned us. No, our suffering should not be considered remarkable because we are citizens of a fallen world. This is the earth, not heaven. And God can use trials to refine and develop and discipline us for his good purposes. We are participants in things which angels desire to look into. The greater our faith and hope, the greater our joy 
even when we suffer. I'll be back in just a few seconds with some takeaways. Takeaways. All that we've studied thus far in 1 Peter, further into chapter 1, it, it, it's all centered in Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, it's all centered in Christ. Let's consider what's contained in these verses. Verse 9, uh, I'm sorry, verse 2 and 19, the blood of Christ. Verse 3, the resurrection of Christ. Verses 4 and 8, faith in Christ. Verses 2 and 22, obedience to Christ. Verse 8, loving Christ. Verse 8, rejoicing in Christ. My point, we cannot just read duties and blessings and promises unconnected to Jesus Christ. I'm afraid that's what some people do with the New Testament. They read with attention to do's and don'ts with, without all this fundamental truth about Jesus Christ. Here, Peter, writing to suffering Christians, has this emphasis on Jesus Christ, who shed his blood for us, but was raised from the dead. See, we believe in him and love him and obey him and rejoice in him. And this is how we cope or manage the difficulties of life on earth, whatever the nature of those difficulties. You see what I mean? Get fixed in your heart and your attention on Jesus Christ. The activity of faith in Christ enables us to have the joy and hope that we need. This is a marvelous passage that helps us understand the role of the prophets, especially reading the Old Testament. This is valuable to know the role of the prophets. God told the prophets what to say and write for the future generation, but God didn't give them the full story. The prophets didn't have the whole picture. They looked ahead by faith, but didn't have the same blessed perspective that we have. It is good to keep that in mind when you read the books of prophecy in the Old Testament. Now, here's something to tease you about what's coming up next when we get to verse 13. Therefore, based on everything we've studied in 1 Peter chapter 1, therefore, here's what you do. Gird up the loins of your mind and be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace of that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That'll be next in these videos provided by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas. Thank you.